listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Thanks for the download. If you like what you hear, check us out at patreon.com slash 9to5cc. This is the 9to5 entertainment system, which is the most entertainment system in your house. I promise. What do we talk about, Scott? We talk about lots of fighting stuff. Will Ferrell versus Marky Mark. The WWE and WrestleMania. We talk about bases balls. You know. We talk about hockey playoffs and the Maple Leafs shitty fans uh-huh. and weird Russian street fighting parkour. Where we follow it up with Conor McGregor, the movie Icarus on Netflix. We talk about how there was no Russian collusion. We talk about the 737 Boeing Max 8s and then Michael Crichton's airframe. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. You'll be able to listen to this podcast while you're flying and you'll feel just fine while you do it. 90S. We're going to die. <laughs> But then, which is the better? Show? I was gonna say, but and then they both end up being uh, vying for the attention of a young child because they did that in the dad movie. Remember the dad movie? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Oh yeah. But which movie ends up being improved by the the trade of stars? Incredibly, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> which movie ends up being improved the most? Uh, I don't know. They, I feel they just. Man, you, Boogie Nights was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yes, but like, if you remove Marky Mark and his like no, tired, dumb He's... sex appeal, and replace it with Will Ferrell and his uh, different dumb sex appeal. You, wait, hang on <laughs> a second. Time. Rewind. Yeah. Will Ferrell sex appeal. Explain. Keith, <laughs> Keith had to put on fingerless gloves to begin this discussion. You're not seeing this, listener, but there's fingerless gloves. Snap. Do you really feel that Mark Wahlberg's sex appeal is that different to Will Ferrell's? I mean, yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. One of them was one of them was Marky Mark, who had famous underwear ads. The other one was Will Ferrell. <laughs> like, he had a bat fight. Yeah, exactly. Who had famous old Milwaukee ads? Yeah, but not that. Those were not sexy ads. I don't even think you understand what the word is anymore, Keith. I mean, I guess maybe I don't appreciate Dad bod enough. I mean, I guess not. I suppose. Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm. I have my my energy is is somewhat lower than it should be because I watched somewhere between ten and twelve hours of wrestling yesterday. Uh, wouldn't you do that to pump yourself up? Aren't you hip hop happy with your? It's just so much. It was just so much wrestling. <laughs> they just don't have as much limp kit as they used to, so it's really hard to keep your energy that yeah, high. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And I'm and I'm I have to huh. try to retain a bunch of this wrestling information in my brain because uh, once. Once Raw and SmackDown come to Montreal on April 21st and 22nd, we're going to be doing a two-part second anniversary special of Pat on the Mat. So we're going to talk about wrestling for about three hours. That's a lot of wrestling. <laughs> so I was like, that's why I watched 12 hours of wrestling. So what happened yesterday? Uh, uh, Kofi Kingston. That, I think the actual – two actual newsworthy parts. Like, I mean, I'm going to get into the wrestling uh, – shenaniganry on on pad on the mat but i mm-hmm. think where two actual i think pieces of pop culture occurred in uh, at wrestlemania last night one it was the first time ever that a wrestling event or wrestlemania wrestling events happened that wrestlemania was headlined the closeout match was a match with the ladies mm-hmm. so charlotte flair ronda rousey becky lynch headlined main event of the match which i thought was i mean it's it's cool it's 2019 mm-hmm. it was also the match with the most build and the most storyline going into it it wasn't just lip service like it wasn't just oh rousey's a big star she'll get the uh the big pop. she'll get the yeah. rub at the at the end it was like legitimately the match that they had built to for the better part of a year hmm. it, it like could she fight rousey rousey's yeah. great in the ring yeah, yeah, yeah like especially with people like she's with becky lynch and charlotte flair who are like two of the most talented female wrestlers probably of all time and like rousey brings a unique enough remember that time where we watched cm punk fighting brock lesnar and you were like this is kind of better than wrestling because brock lesnar knows how to real fight mm-hmm. so incorporates like real fight maneuvers mm-hmm. into wrestling in a way that a pro wrestler usually doesn't. Re- so, so it's a little more like a professional. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, that's like, like He'll like do like the run and like bringing the knee up into the guy and stuff. Like It looks a little bit more like UFC knees. His takedowns look a little more legit. So mm-hmm. like Rousey with her judo background kind of goes for that style. 
So then with also really good wrestlers around her to like kind of cover up for maybe some like pacing and storytelling issues that she might have as kind of still a bit of a beginner. Like it looks, it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Looked fun. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, Becky Lynch won, which the fans went nuts about. Mm-hmm. And then the other uh, culturally significant thing is Kofi Kingston won the World Wrestling Entertainment. It's not the heavyweight. Yeah, the heavyweight championship, right? Yeah. Was the heavyweight or the universal? It wasn't the universal. It's the real. It's the real belt, right. <laughs> not the not the red strap monstrosity of the universal title. Yeah. So it's the heavyweight world wrestling WWE heavyweight championship. The one that Hulk Hogan used to carry around. Yeah, it's it's the one. It's, <laughs> That's it's funny. funny. <laughs> it got funnier as I said it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's the one with the actual lineage of the like. The, of the entirety of the uh, WWE slash WWF. Mm-hmm. Uh, noteworthy because someone was trying to say, like, if you don't count The Rock, is, like, among the first, like, one of the first, like, black dudes to carry it in, like, 15, 16-something years, I think it was Booker, might have had it for, like, a hot minute. Booker had the... Oh, Book- no, Booker had the big gold, eh? Yeah, and so did Mark Henry. Yeah. It's been a very long time since a... Man of African American descent who mm-hmm. was not named The Rock. <laughs> uh, he's half black, half Samoan, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, carried the belt. So, a and 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 it's kind of been like a, a, a not uh, like a not well kept secret that it's one of those things that if you're a dark skinned professional wrestler, you kind of you'll you'll get a you'll get a good push. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be top guy. So like uh. Scott had a story about uh, Crime Time. Oh, yeah. There were two former WWE guys who were just watching the show. At a bar bar in New York. (laughs) Uh, Shad Gaspard and MVP. So not both members of Crime Time. Oh, just Shad and MVP. I thought Mm -hmm. thought you said it was Shad and JTG. Uh, uh. um, And they were just kind of watching it, and someone had a camera on them, and they were laughing, and then just you can see MVP. There's tears in his eyes. And he looks over at Chad Gaspard, who's also, like, crying at the, the achievement of, of huh. this. Yeah. And they kind of looked at each other and laughed at each other, and then bro-hugged it out. And, yeah. But it was like this little I don't genuine, know who those guys are. Two, two former... Two former black wrestlers. Yeah, two former, like, black wrestlers or whatever who, like, hmm. did their time with the company. And like I said, it was always, like, it's it's it's... Hmm. Never going to be like, yeah, we don't put the belt on black guys. It's never going to be anywhere. But you're like, it kind of doesn't happen. You know, right. like, like, it's never happened at WrestleMania. And it certainly never happened at WrestleMania. Yeah, they've been like mm. transitional champs or whatever. So to have – like even Kofi Kingston, who has been a like company man for 11 years and always had like a pretty good fan support, this was his first time even challenging for the belt. Hmm. So you've done like done your time with the company for eleven years and got over like massively in lots of different – Intercontinental champion. Yeah. Tag team yeah, champion. Yeah, exactly. So it's – Good, like I said, I mean, like that's what I'm saying. It's like actual kind of, I think, cha- hopefully a, a, a nice sign of changing times. I mean, and the flip side of that is Linda McMahon uh, is uh, helping Trump win his campaign. Like uh, she dropped out of her, huh. she dropped out of her position as Secretary of Small Business, presumably to further assist with the 2020 campaign run. So I mean, you know, you you win some, you lose some. If you're the McMahons, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of wrestling, whole <laughs> lot of wrestling. <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's like a seven and a half hours. If you watch the pre-show, That's it's seven insane. and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. And is it show the whole time? Uh, I mean, the pre-show, no. Yeah. Like the pre-show had about three matches in it. So like out of two hours of pre-show, it was maybe about like forty-five minutes of wrestling and then maybe an hour fifteen of of panel discussion, kind of right, like getting right. people hyped. But then yeah, the five and a half hours is five and a half hours of show. It was, uh, th- I think thirteen or fourteen matches on the main card. Jeez. And then like two or three matches on the pre card, like it's it's insane. I was like, how can you like? I I just I watch those things and I'm like, I don't want to go to that. Like I was like, even here at home. Didn't Walter go? He said he didn't he have a yeah, good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, Walter's a bigger wrestling fan than I am. <laughs> uh-huh. But like the other thing that blows my mind, right, is when you go see a wrestling show live. There's are, no commentary. There's no, there's no comment- cuts backstage well no right. the cuts, cut, cuts backstage happens always. now almost now now almost always it's, if something happens backstage it's up on the big screen so yeah but not always mm, most of the time now like they because uh, they, 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 they got to try to keep those fans engaged right like they can't sit there with long yeah. stretches of silence because the fans will turn and if the fans turn then the TV product looks bad because the fans sound bored you all, know like, all I can remember is I remember going to the Big O with my grandfather and mm-hmm. him bringing a little transistor radio to turn the radio on to hear mm-hmm. the play-by-play yeah. as the game that was happening in front of us was happening. Yeah. Right? yeah. 
Because commentary kind of matters. And yeah. I'm not saying that as a former announcer. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that, like, you know, it does add something to sports. Yeah. So they don't broadcast the announcers that you get at the... No? That's oh, that would strange. Be, that would be echoey and awful. Yeah, it would sound yeah. awful. Like, imagine, like, a play-by-play announcer. Like, even how, like, when we announce, like, roller derby or whatever, like, it's very yeah, different if we're doing... Crazy. Yeah, if we're doing, like, a bout cast, we announce in a very, like, we can actually do, like, talking quickly if you're talking in an arena you're just like you're calling the five points penalty yeah exactly you're just calling the like basically like a hockey score like, right when you're in a hockey game you basically goals and penalties are what you call and if you're last call, minute of playing yeah calling calling roller derby you call the penalties and you call the scoring passes and that's more or less it you know mm. like because you know it's just going to be like an echoey mess like you're just kind of hitting notes to keep the crowd lively but yeah exactly like just imagine you're sitting there for eight hours and like just intro songs and then, like, watching two tiny little ant people just, like, <laughs> Roll banging into each other. So you're mostly just watching a screen anyway. Yeah. 80, what was it, 82,000 people in MetLife? It's well, the important thing is they all got home easily and safely on New Jersey public transit. Uh, what they is, did what not. That what happened? <laughs> One of the trains shut down mm-hmm. to oh, cool. drive people back into New York. And it was, like, 10,000 people on the platform. It was a freaking nightmare. What? Where were we where that happened, kind of? Oh, it was leaving the leaving RFK from the Foo Fighters. Uh-huh. Remember that oh, was yeah, like... Oh, yeah, we had to walk for forever? Yeah, we were just sort of like, well, screw Sandra, it. Sandra, you hit me with your shoe. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> but yeah, like, our RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C. was, like, it's kind of out, almost suburban, like, outside of Washington. And, like, mm-hmm. there is a subway close, but then it was, like, with no shuttles or no anything, they're like... Well, thank you. Good night, seventy thousand people. Bye. And it'd be like, imagine if it was like, uh, same Michelle Metro yeah. or, or whatever. You know. You I, I went to see a baseball game since the last podcast. Oh and yeah, the leaving. Mighty Brewers. Yeah. God. Where do they play? The big Olympic Stadium. No shit. They had a preseason game against huh. the Blue Jays. Imagine an O. Now imagine it big. Yeah. You, you want to talk about weird things showing up on the jumbotron? They played "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" in the seventh inning stretch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And said, instead of the home team wins, it's a shame. It's if the Blue Jays don't win, it's a shame. And I was like, what fucking city are you in? <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? Yeah. And people saying it? Yeah. Gross. God, it was of people wearing jerseys. Seven out of ten were wearing Blue Jays yep. gear. It, it doesn't become the Canadian default team if you're... Disagree. Like, <laughs> one, out of, one out of ten was wearing Brewers gear. And then the Deep. other two out of ten were just wearing... Other professional baseball gear, which is all kinds of weird. But I feel there's a lot of Expos jerseys too. I've seen. Like, I mean, yeah, excluding the Expos. Yeah, yeah there was probably. Doesn't the money from all that go to Washington or something? Some other team. Yeah, bought the yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. anybody buy, well, not bought the rights, no, they bought the team, right? So right. they they get the they get the licensing rights. I don't think they do. I think that goes to Major League Baseball. Are you sure? Yeah. I feel that. I know in hockey you get the logos and everything because that was the whole. There had to be a whole deal with Hartford. Yeah, so that uh, Carolina could have the whale for a couple jerseys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's games. it. Or no, or what was it? No, it was the who. Had to, who wore the other one? Was it Minnesota wanted to wear the North Stars? Mm-hmm. And they had to get the rights from Dallas because Dallas had the rights even though there's a team in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Like, super weird. <laughs> like, you know, like we have a team in Minnesota, but we don't have the rights to the old team that played in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was part of the, the Browns expansion in football. Was? They, the Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore yeah. and left behind their legacy they were just like if you have another team coming into cleveland you can take the name the colors and the record we don't want to be the browns in the history books <laughs> they took all of all of the players in the organization that last season it doesn't it, that's not us we are not the browns <laughs> at all well there's the weird youtube video where you're like how bad the browns suck and then you're like proof when they leave the they Cle- get better and then they're browns again now they're bad again <laughs> Like, if you haven't seen it and you're interested in sports statistics, the Cleveland Browns Live in Hell by John Boyce is one of the best YouTube videos about sports you can Yeah, yeah, just like deep, deep stats. Uh, Other sporting news, the Montreal Canadiens did not make it into the playoffs. I heard. I was going to bring it up and and ask, how does it feel? Uh, So this is the thing about this entire season, is we were never supposed to be good because we have like almost $10 million of cap space. Okay. So if you are not playing to the you're a team that is wealthy and you're not playing to the cap ceiling you are not playing to win right like it's you're you're just not like you're just numerically you are not you sure. have 82 million dollars to put together a pro team and you're put put it together with like 73 
You're you're not putting together a protein. Plus, you throw five of that seventy-three into Laval. Yeah, exactly. Well, Alzner. Thanks, Carl Alzner. Like, one of our big free agent signings from the season before couldn't crack the NHL team and right. just sat there in the minors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Ouch. So you're not putting together a competitive team. Like it's just like the, it was. They were did they did much 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 better than expected. They were expected to be a complete basement team. Mm-hmm. They ultimately. The Toronto Maple Leafs, who were heralded as like this is going to be one of the best years for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it was <laughs> best team right. in Canada, at the start best of the team season. in Canada, so on and so forth. Like they had the difference of record of them and the Montreal Canadiens, who did not make the playoffs, was two wins. They won two more games than the Habs, and that was it. Hmm. So, like to give you an idea of, and they're up against the cap in a real big bad way. <laughs> like three three teams in the Western Conference. With less points than the Canadians this season made the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. It's the, the East is a very stacked conference, right. just in general. So, I mean, like, that considered, you're like, you look at that team and you're saying, okay, so spend that money on a superstar and it's a whole other ball game. You right. know, like, if, right. if literally two more wins would have put you into third place in our division. And why, what's the argument? Surely there's... there's well, a- the argument was that there wasn't the right free agent around, so on and so forth. They would have tra- had to trade at the deadline to pick something up, and that basically the season was kind of intended on being a wash anyway, because some of our best players are, like, prospects. Like, mm-hmm. we had, we made a deal for Nick Suzuki, who's supposed to be a good, like, star starter. Like, Charlie Lindgren as a backup it wasn't quite ready, so he's mm-hmm. supposed to be Kerry's backup next year. Like, like there was a bunch of things, like... Uh, he had a- not so good season in the minor leagues this year. Uh, he looked pretty good against the Leafs, though. <laughs> How's old Price holding it? Fine. Price is absolutely yeah. the MVP of the league. Like that. I mean, the, of the league? Of the, the team. team. Has a shot at the Vesna. And arguably one of the best goalies in the league still. Like, like just kind of there. Had a rough start to the season. Like, a rough month to kick it off and uh, bounce back with... Sick league league leading, league yeah, yeah, like, like since January, if you look at just the stats since January, he's been like, if the season was only January to April, so over, a, but just still like a three and a half month period or sure. whatever of play, he was the best goalie in the NHL. Like his numbers only dwindled because his like November, December were not amazing. So what happened? What? what? To the team. What do you mean? Well, we missed the playoffs by two points. But, okay, but, but uh, much like when you watch like a movie. And the movie ends on a down note, but you know that the movie is going to have a sequel. Mm-hmm. Something magical happened post-credits. If you yeah. consider the post-credit sequence to be the Montreal Canadiens playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday, in a game that no longer mattered for either team, mm-hmm. in a game that no longer mattered for either team, us playing our backup goalie, them playing their starter, so them basically playing the roster that is about to go into the playoffs. Not only did the Habs win in a shootout, mm-hmm. one of our star prospects, Ryan Poling. Scored three goals and scored the winner in the shootout. In his first NHL First game. ever game in 11 minutes played. Wow. So you're like, it's like the little post-credit zinger, like, Montreal Canadiens will be back next year. Right. So everyone's like, what the hell was that? Like, uh, Kid had a good game? Like, what? Uh, scored four goals. Scored, yeah. Yeah, he scored 11 minutes. Scored four time. goals and, like, <laughs> almost more impressively, also beat Anderson in a shootout. Like, this is his first NHL shootout. Ever mm-hmm. against a goalie who is about to take like a top-ranked team into the playoffs, and the kid awesome. just like rifles it past the friggin' like a, a legitimate NHL starter. Mm-hmm. So we were playing Charlie Lindgren in net, so not even Carey Price still managed to win, and this kid just like blew everyone out of the water. So everyone's like, "What the hell was that?" First time in history that a Habs player, if you count shootout goals as a goal, as a four-goal player, you don't count game. shootout goals as a goal unless it's the game winner. In which which it was. You do. I know, which so it was. Four goals, which I don't know if you know this, but Austin Matthews scored four goals in his first game. Sure did. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, now, I understand he's a prospect and he's coming straight out of the, out of the NCAA. Mm-hmm. He's not going to score 40 goals next year, but it's, it's nice to start him off right. It is nice to know that he has the ability to score in the NHL games. We were like, we were Everyone joking. was saying, can he keep up? Yeah. Can he skate? At, at an NHL level, and it looks like he can skate. Yeah, exactly. Like, like there, there's all kinds of asterisks around a performance like that. But you're like, it's still certainly like it still happened. It's still no one, it, el- no one else scored four goals in that game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I'm like guy like scoring four goals in the NHL is rare. Mm-hmm. Like I can literally think of just like Matthews and Hurdle having done it recently in Ovechkin. Like I haven't scored two. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, what's his name? The the commentator played for the the Bruins in Montreal. PJ Stock. PJ Stock. He only scored two. Yeah. In his, his career. We were career. like we were joking about it. We we're like so. First of all, I was uh, uh, on the Saturday night. I was out. Uh, Eric 
Eric, uh, Eric's girlfriend, Mary Saul, it was her 40th uh, birthday party. So we were, he was like, oh man, he's like, if this game go, if like, if this game becomes the decisive game that determines whether or not the Habs are in the playoffs, he's like, I'm going to have such a hard time being like a supportive boyfriend during my girlfriend's like 40th anniversary dinner, 40th anniversary, 40th birthday dinner, just freaking out. Your piece in like he's in the secret service. Yeah, exactly. What? And then like on top of that too, we were at Machiavelli, which is across the street from Shikra Gal. He's like, oh, so I got to go to the bathroom. And he runs across the street to the bar. Man, he's taking a lot of bathroom breaks today. But yeah, he even said before the game, he was like, he was like, I had, um, uh, he's like, I had a dream last night that he's like, Ryan, Ryan Poling will like score four goals and then he'll win the Calder. <laughs> <laughs> but then like he said this legitimately before puck drop and then he's like, it's happening. <laughs> like freaking out. He's like, we're like, well, if you played the regular season, he's on pace for what, 320 goals next year. But yes, obviously he is not. But it's still, I think, like I said, a nice, uh, a nice send off to a kind of disappointing finish. Stressful season. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the worst part. Is like, so there's nothing sadder than finishing ninth. Like, if you finish real low, you get a better draft pick. Mm-hmm. If you finish uh, like real high, you actually you, achieve something. You get to the playoffs and yeah. stuff, and you and you get to do it. But man, I hate the Maple Leafs. I hate them too. Fuck so, that team. Why? I'm so glad that because they're the fucking Maple Leafs. Okay, have you ever not why read the today? Sweater? They have the shitty fans. Yeah. They just have the shittiest fans. There was so this is something I saw on Reddit, which made me like super upset. <laughs> like and I just like I know part of it is obviously my, my strong Montreal bias. But so it was a picture of Tavares celebrating after scoring the go ahead goal against the Islanders in New York Islanders. And mm-hmm. like in the and like it's great shot because he's like raising his stick, like doing like a salute, and you just see a bunch of the Islanders fans just look like pissed. It's a very good photo. I thought the photo was kind of fun. And you're just sort of like Tavares. I can I can understand Tavares really enjoying that goal, absolutely. Especially after the game previous in Long Island, where they fucking gave him the business. Yeah, exactly. Well, because so Tavares was the captain of the New York Islanders, mm-hmm. which are gonna generally a garbage team. Yeah. Uh, like gave them what five, six years, seven years. Like gave him a, like it wasn't just like he took one contract and bounced. Like he right. he like resigned with them, became the captain of the team, gave them plenty of time as a top elite player to yeah. build a team like literally around him. They never really did it. And then he was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to go sign with Toronto in the offseason. Right. The New York Islanders... He's, he's from the Toronto area. He was a Maple Leaf fan. Sure, okay. They made him very, very rich. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, they didn't... He didn't like take even like a discount on it. Like He signed it like almost $12 million, whatever. Like it, it's the, He got Leafs money. Yeah, that's it. He, he got Leafs money, and he's a very, very talented player. I believe that the New York Islanders are right to boo him. Oh yeah, like like he was their captain, and he chose to sign somewhere else. As a sports fan, you have every right to boo him, okay, and to feel betrayed and whatever else. It's like it's part of like it's the storylines that what makes sports fun, right? And you're like, right. man, screw that guy, you got to boo him. With the first time he came back, people were they were making bonfires of his jerseys. There was like his gear rubber snakes on the ice. <laughs> that was a little crappy because it was like a delay of game. They yep. in and out of the parking lots, people were throwing all their jerseys down so all the cars would roll over them and stuff like. All that was great. All, all the yep. tailgating nonsense was fine. And snakes on the ice, maybe not, because you're delaying the game. Yeah, you that. should throw stuff on the ice. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're kind of stuck. And then there's like booing him and like every time he touched the puck. Great, Ooh. great. So you paid your twenty, thirty bucks to get into Nassau yeah. Coliseum, mm-hmm. and you are as who's the guy you don't like? As a pro athlete, you're also like it's entertainment, you know? Like, okay. It, it, so then, so anyway, yeah. so he scores the goal, and in the it, next game back, they're booing him again. He scores the game-winning goal. Awesome. It's a good shot of him awesome. like raising a stick to the fans that have been And the fans are all bummed. But yeah. then on our leaves, they're just all just lacing into the Islanders fans. Like, look at this fat loser and like, huh, and this is this this is so great and this is so good. I was like, what are you talking about, Toronto Maple? They have like, a little victory. I'm like, but I'm like, a... a, you absolutely won this exchange, first of all. B, the Islanders are no threat to you as the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. C Islanders, Toronto Maple Leafs is not a rivalry anyone cares about. If they were saying that to the Habs, I'd be like, fair on. Like, we both have a, an agreement that we hate each other. You don't hate the Islanders. You didn't even know the Islanders existed until you signed Tavares. Like, th- it's not a rivalry. It's yeah. not a fan base that you should just shit on. I don't, I don't think they've ever met in the playoffs. Nah, I know. Like, it's, they spend most of the time in the Western Conference. Right? Like, yeah. It's just, I'm like, hmm. it just, it's, it's, to me, it's a shitty fan thing. I'm like, absolutely, look at the photo being like, feels good, whatever. Don't shit on the people who, like, lost their team captain because you happened to sign more money into the Toronto Maple Leafs. It just it felt like, it just bugged me that it was, like, universal, like, hatred 
at Long Island from a Toronto Maple Leafs fan base. I was like, what is happening? Like you could have you could have enjoyed the like like I was like great photo. Isn't, isn't shitty Toronto fans a meme? Like isn't right, it? but then you said why do we hate Toronto? Right. And I think we just explained it. Shitty Toronto fans is the meme. Like right. I right. hate the fans. I think much more than the team. Like the team, I have nothing against Austin Matthews. I like Mitch Marner. I hope we sign Mitch Marner. <laughs> I like Mitch Marner a lot too. <laughs> yeah. it's like it's a good Canadian yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Like I don't hate individual players. I'm just like man, screw the Leafs, and in large part because of their shitty fans. <laughs> like just. Their yeah. fans are the ones who are so used to being terrible that they laud every tiny success it's to the, the nth degree that it becomes insufferable. Yeah, it's just it's just like a sad, pathetic joke. Like, <laughs> and and I mean, and realistically, there's like a very good chance that the Bruins are going to demolish them in the first round. Like, delightfully. <laughs> like, and I was like, I can't believe I'm cheering the Bruins. <laughs> so, who are the Isles matched up against? Pittsburgh, right? Uh, yeah, because Washington, Washington took the top seed. Yeah, they got Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's a shame because I would have liked the Islanders to play the Leafs at some point. That would have been fun. They, if the Leafs win, they... they're going to get demolished by Tampa. Like it's like no, no they don't get Tampa. In the next yeah, round. they don't recede, man. They don't recede. No, just it's it's it sucks to be you in the Atlantic. The Tampa's going to eat you alive. The end. So check this out. Also, why about why hockey is the greatest sport? In terms of postseason, right now on Vegas odds, uh, the Golden State Warriors are a minus two twenty to win the championships. That's absurd. I mean, right? Sure, but who can beat them? Well, exactly. The Tampa Bay Lightning, who are like the best hockey team since the lockout era by like a wide margin. Mm -hmm. Like they had a over a hundred, a plus one hundred goal differential this year. Like they scored like. Over an 82 season, they outscored their opponents by over 100 goals. That's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. absurd. Like, multiple players over 100 points. Like, they... Came... Four players with 40 goals. Yeah, they missed uh, having the all-time greatest record in hockey by, like, two or three points hmm. kind of thing. And the teams that, like, had those records were pre-salary cap era teams where you could load up. Like, like what the Tampa Bay Lightning have done this year is t- supposed to be impossible in a salary cap era. You're not supposed to be able to make a team that just... They lost, like... 14 games all year or something. Right. Some insane nonsense, right? Yeah, to be fair, no one could have has played with that good a team in the division that also has the Ottawa Senators and Florida Panthers in them. Right, but I mean, but they also have the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Habs in that division. You know? Sure, if you're a good team, you can play against other good teams and then get free points from the bad teams. Yeah, but do you, but the Leafs and the Bruins are picking up those free points also. You know, and like they still have Tampa's 20... better. Tampa's better than, but them. by like a but shocking like, margin. Yeah. Like, but like, like Boston has the second best record in the league, and that's not because yeah, like so the first like, like to, that, I, that is obviously because they're playing. Yeah, two they, of the worst teams more often than the teams in the West. Yeah, that still only makes up 22 points, right? Like, whatever. It's six times six meetings each, 24 points. So, I mean, yeah. it's a big margin. But anyway, but none, all the less. So the Tampa Bay Lightning have the best odds of winning the Stanley Cup, but they're a plus 1,000 still. And there's seven teams that are plus 1,100, plus 1,200. So it's like, it's still like, that's still a long shot bet mm-hmm. to bet on the, like, Heavy, heavy favorite for the hockey. And that's that's the difference. Like, basketball, it's a done deal. Right. Like, there's, like, the Golden State Warriors will win the championship, and we're going to sit there and play for another three months just so that they can do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, like you're like, Tampa Bay's put together the most dominant team in hockey, and they're like, still anyone's game, man. <laughs> like, well, there's always injuries, you know, these things. Well, it's it's also, it's you just crazy. It's also just crazy because the NBA is has a dumb salary cap system, and it's also easy to load up on players. Like, if you can put three superstars on your team, mm-hmm. those superstars can play a good 40 minutes out of a 60-minute game. It's very hard to sign, go out and sign three superstar players. Mm-hmm. They, they built a team and then signed one free agent. That, yeah, but, that was the missing but piece like, after having won a championship. But, like, Miami bought a team and they won a championship. They, they signed two players Yeah, and, and then, already had Dwayne Wade... And yeah, but I'm just saying, but like, but if you have a good player, you need to attract one or two guys, and you're like, yeah. and now we're winning a championship. Like, it's crazy. Not, yeah. not to say it's easy, but it's just like the talent is so, like, important. But yeah, exactly. That's singularly it. Like, important. Singularly important. Like, you have two or three. If you have two or three good guys, I'm not saying it's like easy to get mm. those two or three guys, but if you do manage to put two or three good guys on your team, you are now a contender. If you put three really good guys on your team, you're now a lock for winning the championship. Like. Mm. It's and plus there's max uh what is it max cap cap max hits or whatever. So if you're the superstar of a team, 
no matter how much you're getting paid, you only have a certain maximum that you hit against the cap. So all superstars are the same cap hit in the NBA, no matter how much you're paying them. No, one superstar is the, Apparently, the franchise. The franchise tax. No, there's a fr- there's there's multiple ways, man. My cousin was literally follows the NBA like crazy. There's multiple ways around it. There's like you can have if someone came up from development, you get one. Plus, you can sign another one. Plus, like there's like two or three guys you can sneak in in different ways mind you, but it's like you can have one guy in development and give him franchise money, you can bring a guy in for franchise money, and then I think there's like a third way to find franchise money for like someone. It's sure. dumb. Hmm. Just dumb. Like I'm like, there's a salary cap, but sort of. there's ways around it. And I was like, get out of here, NBA. Stupid, giant, dumb sport. I just, <laughs> I don't understand how you can be like, we're a professional sport where you have like, the entire league is an underdog to one team. Like, that's insane. Is, is that really the sport? Is that how it is? Yeah, I just told you. It's yeah. a, they're a minus two twenty. Like that's insane. Huh. That means like you need to bet more money. Like like you you don't like you can bet. Like think about how insane it is to bet on who's winning the championship before the. Are playoffs. they that dominant? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How many like they lost like six games or something like yeah, over sixty wins in a. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. They are that dominant. They're gonna walk through the. They've done it before. Mm-hmm. Like they're just gonna walk through the playoffs and be like, Hoo-bay, who's yeah. The they don't have to. They don't have to end up in Cleveland because LeBron is out with the Lakers. So. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's stupid. It's like it's that dominant. It's that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't it's know. Like, if they run into Houston and and Harden can light it up, man, he's. Averaged over thirty points a game this season. It's nuts. Yeah, I'm, I'm. There are things that can happen, but is it going to happen four games in a row? You know what I mean? Or four games in a seven game series? Like I'm not saying they're going to sweep every series, but I mean, there's something to be said for building a team and winning championships. As a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, like that was a thing that Does happened that in hockey. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that was like pre-salary cap era and stuff. Like, sure, like, but and people were like, people looked at that situation and were like. That's bad for the sport. Having one team just dominate. But it was what? Four for the Canadians, four for the Islanders. And four for the Oilers. Two for the Oilers, one for the Canadians, two for the Oilers, one for the Flames. Yeah. The Hawks won three. Yeah, won three and six. And the, six. The, the Red Wings won, what, three before that? I think they won four and six. There whatever, they like late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. Yeah, I'm like, there are dynasty teams, but Pittsburgh's like... Got, Crosby's got how many rings now? Two? LA's yeah, got two? Just... Maybe did he get a third? They won last year, wasn't that? No, no, the Caps won last Caps year. Caps won last year. Caps only won once. Yeah, Copter's got two. Yeah, I'm like I'm saying there are dominant teams, but it's still like a hard trophy to win. <laughs> like you know, versus here you are, every other team in the playoffs of basketball is an underdog. I don't know. I think if you get those two top two picks and you draft Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, then you go home with three Stanley Cup rings. You're like, oh, I guess. The salary cap era didn't do that well. So much, so right. long as tanking. But at the same well. time, you could make the argument that if if hockey was structured like basketball was, the Blackhawks probably would have won like eight cups in a row because you could play Taves, Kane, Hosa, Seabrook, and Keith for forty five minutes each. You know, like yeah, that would that would put a number on most teams. You know what I mean? Like if you if they, you could just put out those guys. Like I mean, like, the only people who could maybe match it would be Pittsburgh, like who could put out, I guess. If you put Malkin on the wing, Crosby at center, Kunitz just being like, hello, and then, <laughs> like, Latang, and I guess someone else on Latang's wing. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you can put out your best guys for 40 to 45 minutes, yeah, you're going to end up with the Hawks winning seven or eight in a row. I mean, it's just a different sport. Eh, like, a worse one, sport. One, is, one is a full contact sport, and the other one's not. Like, you don't... Well, you can play for 45 minutes. Just like, I feel like the 100 meters would be a lot better if, if, if you could have seven people run that 100 meters for one team rather than uh, just watching Usain Bolt destroy everyone. Yeah, it's, I do. It's talent-based. Guess what I also don't watch? The 100-meter dash. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. Everyone watches the 100-meter dash. I don't, watch that. I don't think I've watched you, I don't, you don't have I've nine watched. seconds to spare? Maybe you've like seen a clip of it at some point. Because it's nine seconds but It's always going to be the same nine seconds. Well, did look, you see there's the, a guy. He's running. Did you see Usain Bolt at the uh, Super Bowl this year? No. Who, who just like – so they, like, they set up a bunch of like the NFL like combine – Tests or whatever. And Usain Bolt is like is retired, okay. right? And so he's like not in running shape or whatever. Just like takes off his fancy shoes and barefoot like crushes the NFL like combine <laughs> record for sprints. <laughs> Just like, like out of shape, Usain Bolt is still much faster than any NFL player ever. Like, barefoot. Yeah, barefoot <laughs> without cleats. Like just just sprinting on grass. <laughs> like, That's amazing. I was like, lols. So anyway, man, sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John, what do you what do you think about sports? 
I don't think about sports at all. Ever? Keith? I mean, never. Not really. What about Russian parkour? We're at Russian parkour or MMA fighting. I mean, that stuff looks pretty intense. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that show if we could get that on TV. It'll Did you see that clip? Two guys just like pummeling the shit out of each other? Or was it bigger? Was there it was five? more than that. It was like it was like a, somehow yeah. like a 5v all Imagine like a 5v5 street fight in like a like a like a, a parkour a maze. Parkour maze, yeah. So people can like run up and around and whatever, and you can like dogpile two. But then on they're just one. like doing. I did see that. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, it, I was like, why is this a thing? I'm, I feel ta- bad that I don't remember the name of it because I want to go and. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I feel that the, that's that's like really. <laughs> like a lot of people were going to get hurt at the end. Of that. Yeah, a lot. Like, oh like yeah, multiple people getting moved out of the stretchers. I feel like that's like step one to death race. Like, <laughs> like when we say a parkour maze, think uh, like a skate park. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then just <laughs> it looked like it sucked. These yeah. guys were MMA fighting and then falling so park. hard and on their heads and necks. Yeah. And it wasn't five v five; they were all against each yeah, other. Yeah, it was like it was like one v one v one v one v one. Yeah, and they just like oh, it looked so brutal and painful, and one's like ugly. <laughs> it looks so Russian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, "This is new national sport." <laughs> and you're like, "No, no, no, no. Why is it not at the Olympics?" Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that it. I don't know. And like I said, they're obviously not the best fighters because then if they were, they would be in MMA and not Yeah, do... I think those guys probably don't last long. Like you, you like either you do MMA and you get all screwed up in that and then you go and do stuff like this or the other way around. Like you're trying to make I just feel you just, you just don't hack it and someone, some Russian mobster pays you a few thousand dollars and like you know how to like throw a punch and take a punch and you're like, okay, I'll yeah. take a few thousand dollars. There's MMA gyms everywhere, right? There's... That's true. Yeah. Those guys are not all making pay-per-view money. Nope. Yeah. Nobody's making pay-per-view money, except for a few people. Yep. Uh, Speaking of, GSP just said he still considers himself to be the best MMA fighter in the world today. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's oddly bold, GSP. <laughs> You're Didn't retired. he just retire? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, did you hear Conor McDavid? Not Conor McDavid. <laughs> Conor McGregor's uh, retirement. Well, retirement, yeah, but also tweeted last night, being like, "Thanks." He's like, "Congratulations to Becky Lynch uh, for becoming the the world's first female like champ champ in WWE and like making Ireland proud or whatever." Like, Charlotte, like hats off to Charlotte and Ronda too. Like, great performance, Stephanie McMahon. You're right. Like, I I couldn't handle like what these performances do. Dot dot dot. Or could I? <laughs> 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 I was like. I was like, never change Conor McGregor. Or at least stick with that and less of the weird racist isn't, stuff. Isn't he getting in trouble right now? Of like multiple, he yeah. punches people in bars and then gets arrested for punching yeah, people in bars? make that go away. Yeah. Like, he made, like, Throw greenbacks at it until it stops. Yeah, dude. He, like, is easy, like, without exaggerating, is probably sitting on $100 million. Like, okay. How much was the Merriweather purse? It was like $50 million, right? Yeah, for the, that one. That one fight. That's like not counting his merchandise, not counting his UFC purses, not counting, like, endorsements, like... He made $50 million for one boxing match. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I get it. He has tons of money. But still, if that's, you know, that's going to get in his way... Doing barely. Fighting, go yeah. look wait, up... Wait, look wait, up, wait, wait, hang wait, on, wait. Hang on, hang on. Let me stop this here. Are you saying he can't be president of the United States? <laughs> I'm not sure if you know this, but money goes a long way in this world. That's true. <laughs> I, I was going to say money goes a long way in the fight world where Mike Tyson, like, Went to jail, bit a and guy's then came ear out, off, and then was like, "I'm back in the fight game." Everyone's like, "Hooray!" Like he went to jail for like domestic abuse, and then he came back no, out. No, no, it was rape. rape. Yeah, rape. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just domestic abuse. It was. It was a full-on rape. Com- Jeez, conviction. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, and then he got three seasons of a cartoon show. Mm-hmm. Have you heard what he said about that in his like later post uh, DMT years? No. The rape or the the rape. show? <laughs> yeah, he was like, I didn't, I didn't rape that girl, but I did other stuff, so it's okay. Like I deserved it. Jesus. Yeah, and then, oh, okay, but right. had a comeback. Yeah. Like, yes, he did. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, he, not to say it to justify it, whatever. But I'm like, fighting is a sketchy biz. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think anything will stick to Connor. Like, Connor could go to jail and come back to a multi-million-dollar purse. Like, mm-hmm. just just Google. Google Floyd Mayweather controversies, and you will find a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. this is the wealthiest boxer in the world by like a wide margin. Like, John Jones keeps getting suspended for cheating and steroids. Keeps coming back to take that title. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Did you guys watch Icarus on Netflix? No. You should. So it's a little documentary about a guy who um, was into professional biking, mm-hmm. and um, he. Uh, I didn't. I didn't prep this. I don't know the guy's name, but. Um, he 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 loses 
after getting into an accident, and then he's like, okay, I can't really do this. But what if I was what if I was juicing? <laughs> so he goes and he like find, tries to like set up this plan where he's gonna film have a documentary and follow him around and like film his experience juicing and seeing how he competes with all these people. And so these guys get him in touch with Gregory Rodchenkov, who was the guy in Russia who was the leader of the Olympic doping scandal. And so he's friends with Rodchenkov, and they're they're they like get to be buddies, talking on the phone all the time. They're having fun, and he's like, "Look, if you're doing a story about all this stuff, I'll just bring you all of the the documentation and papers proving that Russia has been doping in the Olympics for the last fifty years." Yeah, and he's like. You're going to what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> bring that on over here. And so the documentary like jumps. It's like halfway this story about biking, but then all of a sudden all this shit happens and he's like, "Hey, fuck it. Now it's about this guy Gregory Rochenko." Yeah. And it just gives his story um and in the end he like like can't live with his wife and kids, has fled to America, lives in a secret location and is expecting to be assassinated by by the Russians. Fun. Yeah, Icarus. It's great. Great. No little... matter what happens, I haven't seen this movie, but I know that there's going to be clips of my favorite person in professional sports talking about it. Who? Lance the IOC? No. Dick Pound. Dick Pound. Yes, there's a lot of Dick Pound <laughs> in, in this. Refuses um, to go by Richard. I guess. I guess that's a good segue to say that Donald Trump did not knowingly get assisted in the election by the Russians. By the Russians. I mean, what a what a. I mean. Yeah. It's it's pretty unsurprising to me, at least the like the Russian collusion angle, because I just feel that I was like, I feel that they, well, I mean, they did troll Facebook and all that stuff, but I was like, yep. they were going to troll whoever was against Hillary anyway, because Hillary was most likely going to shoot missiles at them. Like, you know? <laughs> I, I wonder about that. Honestly, like, o- Obama signed a really big, like, nuclear arms treaty with Russia. Yeah. I don't know why they, why they would have gone for Trump over Hillary. Well, I feel that based on like Hillary's track record in Europe had a lot of like much like it was much more I think going to be like fired up and feel the brunt of America's like yeah, they, in, not in against act- Russia against the Middle East like she wanted to go she wanted to invade Iran and, and... yeah but I feel that, that, we, that you'd still get into like Cold War kind of territories with the Russians God, supporting John, one side you really think that's not going to happen with what happened today I, what happened today I don't know maybe I missed it Donald Trump declared the Iranian guard as a terrorist organization just said the Iranian. Yeah, he beat military. ISIS and was like, "Uh oh, need a new yeah. one." Just, hey, Iran, your military. We are classifying them as a terrorist organization. Thanks, Trump. Just fucking smooth. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I I don't know. I feel that there was like, g- given Hillary's propensity for like warmongering mm-hmm. and knowing Russia, knowing that in an actual like kind of Cold War situation, they just get toasted. Like Donald Trump's like shenaniganry. It was just like a better situation for them all around, like or or possibly almost any candidate over a candidate sure, who is sure, like sure. Dem- like demonstrated in the past absolutely. I mean, willing if, to obliterate if you actually you. went in to look at the trolling that was done and you look at the actual ads that they posted, mm-hmm. they are not persuasive ads. They're like shitty bottom tier memes that you wouldn't even get a chuckle, and mm-hmm. then you move on to the next thing. Like, well, that's and you. Move there on was to the next. Thing. There was thousands of You're thousands not... of dollars put into these advertisements, but thousands of dollars is not a significant amount of money on the Facebook platform. It's like <laughs> they had very limited reach. They reached. It was not like a real attempt. I don't know, but there were like the Russian troll farms and stuff who were like commenting and fo- making these groups and whatever. And I think like just even. I often think about like when we talk about like like manufactured like outrage and stuff. I yeah. can see how easy it is to manipulate that kind of thing. Like where you're like it's not even real people, but you're like you're manufactured like think about how much like well-placed trolls could turn say the left against the right being like Okay, okay, okay. But this is true. That stuff was happening, yep. but the amount of that happening in proportion to the amount of that happening from other sources made it a, like a like a like a scream in a in like a crazy storm that would just disappear into the noise. Yeah. Right. There's like ten times the amount of that happening from the American government. Ten times the amount happening from Coke and and like um, Bayer Monsanto I can just and cocaine. From, <laughs> just guys doing yeah. rails of cocaine and be like, time, time to say Mad Max Fury Road is a travesty because <laughs> it's a woman in charge. Ugh, cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just I like for did they did like. Uh, I don't know. There was a there was a quote or whatever. Someone was on Trevor Noah a couple months ago, and it was mm-hmm. like, "Did the Russians try to meddle in the election? Absolutely. Did they go to the votes, like go to the polls and vote for Donald Trump? Nope. That's on us. Yeah. Like if we if people somehow fell victim to trolling, regardless of it, Russian trolls or just other Americans trolling or whatever, and that somehow impacted a 
presidential election, that's on the voters. Like, yeah. we can't point the blame and be like, Russia screwed us over on Facebook. No, no, no. And, and there's also the bigger – like, all of the reporters who have spent this whole time saying that this is what is happening, right? Yeah. Now that there's not a shred of evidence and there never was any – where is the the comeuppance for all of those people who wasted everybody's time? Yep. There's like plenty that Trump was doing that was terrible that we could have talked about and yep. focused on. Like cheating at golf. Is <laughs> he cheated golf? Story? No. So one of the um, Fox News guys was hanging out with them and playing golf at Mar-a-Lago mm-hmm. and found Mar-a-Lago out South. Find that, found out that it's like the unspoken fact that, that Trump cheats at golf. Trump just like, shaves, shaves jokes off all the time. Yeah, and like has secret service people kick the ball back on the fairway, like comically cheating at golf, <laughs> which is hysterical to us. But if you're a golfer, it's a game of honor. It's you, Your score is your score, and your handicap is your handicap. And you have to take that seriously mm-hmm. yourself, or else no one will. And he is, he's given up everything. He's writing a book now about Trump cheating at golf now this is the worst thing that he can possibly imagine hilarious the dirty little secrets it uh, cracked me up do you want to talk about sad plane sad planes i mean sad i don't know I, it's not necessarily a sad story although it is obviously because I mean, like 300 people died yep but uh, from, um, from an not so easily avoidable but fairly easily avoidable sensor mishaps Sort of. It, it's like a very interesting story. So mm-hmm. I had heard that the two planes had crashed. I was like, whatever, this is interesting. I'll just like go look up into it and pretty quickly got into some like, you know, there's like the oh, the big, the story that everybody hears. And then there's like a bigger story underneath. Of the FAA requirements? Of the FAA and like its involvement in how the like consumers are protected when they go into planes. And mm-hmm. so I thought maybe we'll talk a little bit about this and see if you guys, if you guys find this interesting. So here's the background. Right. Two planes crashed. Both of them were Boeing 737 MAX 8 mm-hmm. planes. Mm-hmm. One of them was by uh, flown by Lion Air uh, in, on October 29th of last year mm-hmm. in Jakarta. It, like, the plane went up into the air, <laughs> nosedived down. The other one was Ethiopian Air um, from flying out of Addis Ababa in uh, Ethiopia from on March 10th of this year. 157 people died and 189 died back in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and stop me if I'm if I'm if I'm going too fast or whatever. Oh, so, sorry. which which is like, there's something like what is it like seven major airline crashes like a year or something like it's very low for it to be two of the same make and model. Everyone's like, what now? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on a second here. Yeah, something yeah, yeah. something crazy is going on wrong. And in fact, there was there was even uh, like a more there's more of a similarity between them because people who observed the planes, because both of them crashed immediately after takeoff, and yeah. people who observed them saw that the nose of both planes was dipping up and down and up and down and up and mm-hmm. down until it finally went down and crashed. Yeah. And so what they what they figured out and what has come out in the last couple of weeks as a story is that they have the planes have these things called a maneuvering characteristics augmentation system on them, mm-hmm. where if they detect that the the body of the plane is moving in some some particular ways, it'll apply a change to the motion of the plane in order to counteract what's going on. Yep. And normally stuff like this gets, you know, like you go through training. You have to know that these these systems exist and you have to know when to turn them off or when there could be a problem as as part of your troubleshooting. And these guys who had, had were flying these two planes had gotten their training for the plane yep. was an hour on an iPad. Yeah. So they, what, how does that happen? Well, and then this is like why I was initially interested because I was like, 737, isn't that the same fucking plane you've been hearing about since you were a little kid? Well, not quite. It's 757 is usually the most... Uh, uh, 747 is like the famous... Yeah, but 747 okay. is monstrous. You don't fly on 747s that often. You fly on 757s all the time. There's a gazillion. Yes. But 737, it's still, it's still one of the flagship series so of planes. It's Boeing. No one's yeah, yeah. surprised that they made planes. It is yeah. not just that. This is the flagship of Boeing. So they make 52 of these a month, which is 37% of Boeing's total revenue, mm-hmm. which is over $600 billion of the over $600 billion yeah. of these planes are on order correct like right now. Yeah. So this is in fact 0.15% of the GDP of all of America is tied up in these planes. Yeah. So when there's a problem with these things getting grounded, that's a big fucking deal for America. Like think numbers jump all over the place. And then it's like the the corrective sensor is an optional add-on. Or something yeah. like so. The, so <laughs> the, the deal with that is that there could have been a light, yeah, on the dash that would have said that hey, this particular like flight re uh, adjusting adjusting thing has turned on, right? And so they didn't get that that light because you had to pay more to have the light installed. So yeah. whatever. So <laughs> no, no, no. And, but, but but because so like I, I don't want to like spoil, burn your lead no, or whatever. No, no, but because but one it's of the like reasons fucking there's 
cruise control. Is it on? Is it off? I didn't pay for the LED in my right. dashboard. Right. But the thing is, though, is that this was not a mandatory component. Like the light that says it off and on was not marketed as a mandatory <clears> component <throat> by Boeing because – so I, I don't want to spoil the lead no, no, of no, like – but just so the FAA regulations are that like there's a certain amount of people – at the FAA who are in charge of like monitoring everything. But what actually happens is all of the airlines present their findings and their studies and their tests. And then the FAA just like stamps it right. And says, yep, safe. So it's like, you're not accountable to say your plane, like you are accountable to say that your plane is safe, but no one's like checking your work because you submit the paperwork saying this plane is safe to fly. And the FAA says, yes, it is. So they don't like independently well, – they independently audit sometimes. So this is part of the story and why it's so interesting, right, is because it's the 737 MAX 8, yeah. right? There have been like 16 or something yeah, different versions different of the 737 between them. And I, I don't – I didn't write down the year that the 737 first flew, but it was back in like 60-something. Yeah. Right? So here's here's the differences between those two. The first version of the 737, which was the 737-100, could seat 85 passengers. It was 29 meters long and and like about 28 meters across. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the 737-100. 37 Max 8 can seat 162 passengers, so almost double, right, is 35 to 43 meters long, so like another 30% longer, and then 35 meters wide, so again, another third yeah. wider, right? So is that really the same plane between the two of those things? And I'm not, I'm not saying that like if you're, if you're rated to fly the 737 Max 8, you don't have any training past what it is to fly 737-100. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. sure obviously they have steps to get up between them, but th- the jump from like Max 7 to Max 8 is that hour on the iPad that didn't include any of this stuff. And it's yeah. like an enormous amount of money if you change the plane sufficiently to make it a new plane, right? Because then the FAA has all of these other protocols that come in. Like now you have to do complete training from square zero yeah, yeah, yeah. with a new well, type and of and plane. Also, there's more, much more intensive testing to launch a new plane. Exactly. For- Every, everything has to get tested from the beginning rather than, okay, no, it's not a new plane. It's the Max 8 so Alpha you're, you're, Beta you're, series. Yeah, you're, you know? you're only accountable to test the alterations, not the thing from the ground up. Yeah. yeah. And so the... So like these even guys, though they've basically rebuilt the plane from the ground up, yeah, yeah. yeah even yeah. if they did, right? right? Like, yeah, yeah. So that's super, super sketchy. And all of these different aviation, uh, like government bodies around the world, are looking at the situation, being like, "Holy shit, we are fucked now," because. The FAA is one of the re- like one of the American institutions that has a ton of reputation in its engineering circles around the world. Basically, all of the flight the the, the like aviation certification institutions of Just governments around the world the copy paste what the FAA does, right? Yeah. And so, if people are now catching the FAA like giving green lights to these Boeing things, because remember, freaking point one five of the GDP of America saying that these things are safe. What this thing in particular was doing was, um, if you imagine that a plane is like a teeter-totter, right? Mm-hmm. And Scott is sitting on one end of the teeter-totter, and Keith and Sarah are sitting on the other end of the teeter-totter. God and damn it, I'm the heavy end of the teeter-totter again. <laughs> and it's perfectly balanced, okay? So, <laughs> oh, God, so now, it probably is. <laughs> imagine, imagine that the teeter-totter is like six inches long, right? So you guys are like up in each other's faces. Like the tipping motion yeah. of it going up and down will go pretty slowly because it yeah. doesn't have that far to go. But then, like I said before, it's 30% longer, right? So there's more mass that's split up over the teeter-totter. And the teeter-totter is like the wings, like where it is on the axis. That's like the wings of the plane, right? And so the nose of the plane, as it gets longer and longer, farther away from the fulcrum, can move up and down at an increasing amount of speed. And it takes a lot of energy to counteract that motion. And so you have to go and apply the, the alternate direction to the counter that motion as early as possible. And so right. that's what this system is. So rather than training the pilots that, hey, your your nose now can go up much faster because the plane is bigger, so you need to apply a counteracting force. Rather than train them on that, mm-hmm. they put this this like auto detection correction system in here, don't tell them that it's there, and then ship the plane out. Yeah. And then what happened was that it kicked in because there was and, like... And, and the little light is not on. And the little light optional. is not on because that's optional. Yeah. Still amazing. Pretty fucking horrible situation, and like all, and the pilots apparently they were frantically trying to apply fixes that the fixes were getting overwritten because they didn't know that the system was. Yeah, there. they didn't. They didn't know to disengage the system. They were like they were they yeah. were they were doing the the, the flight the rope. manual. Well, this is how manual it was, no, but but, uh, they, so, but but it was all recommended like guidebook yeah. stuff. Like they were like following step one two three. They weren't just like, like people were like if they were just like okay I'm a pilot and screw this. They might have been better off than following the steps because the machine kept counter 
correcting them. So I read I read the account of what happened in the Ethiopian air crash. So mm-hmm. in the in the cockpit, one of them is opening the book and going through it, being like, "What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Why is that? Why are we? Yeah. Why are we going down all of the time?" What they did to counteract it was they turned off all of the automated like the like the the power adjustment systems on the plane, yeah. so that they were manually cranking it yeah. to the point where imagine like you're cranking down these gigantic freaking air aliens of, of a plane that are super, super heavy on a big freaking 737. Yeah. But it has to be doable by hand in the event that there's a total mechanical failure, right? Yeah. So one of the guys is cranking on this thing, and then what happens in the in the back end of it all is that the system turns on. It says... It gets the errored message saying, oh, hey, the nose is up. I got to tip the nose of the plane down as much as possible. It activates that. And then the guys in the plane are like, oh, what the fuck? We got to stop this thing from happening. Boom, turn off the computer. And then it turns itself back on. And in the 10 yeah. seconds, they've gotten the plane back up a little bit. Whoop, and, then and then it drives and then it down again. It yeah. goes back on and pushes them back down. So um, what's all of this to say? Oh, yeah. And then, if okay, so all of that builds the story of, like, it's too expensive to, to like, train people how to change their behavior on these things. It's too expensive to install lights. <laughs> we may as well just, like, hide this thing in this, bod- this like, Franken-plane that is all set up to avoid changing FAA regulations. And it's all coming to a head at this point. And then on the Ethiopian air crash, there were 19 UN staff who were delegates to the UN Environmental Assembly that was happening later that day. Yeah. So it all could have, of course, been just a a standard conspiracy to kill the environmental regulators. Uh-oh. Yeah. I also thought that the, the one of my favorite little footnotes about that entire story was mm-hmm. that America was one of the last countries that grounded 737 Max Airs. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but like, like, most of Europe's like, get out. Canada's like, get out. And like, America's just like, no problem. Like, A, I've, like, obviously I'm sure it's like a, it's, it was sort of probably a gesture in solidarity to the FAA and like, cause it's, it's, it's a bit of a scandal, mm-hmm. right? Like, obviously. Hell but, yeah. But I was like, but I also like the, like, the angle of this, like America's being like, this bird's tough to fly. Bring it on. <laughs> you know, just like, cowboy, cowboy American pilots are like, Ain't no plane I'm on going to crash. I, I was watching this. Canada was actually quite slow to, to ground yeah. the, the ours. And Air Canada said, like, we still we have a bunch of those in our in our, our yeah. fleet. And we paid for the thing to have the light. So we're okay. That was it. Yeah. And that's why it only happened on the smaller airlines. Because apparently, like, most of them in flight are on major airlines, which... Yeah. Like, I all I can picture is this, like, light. 1942 little blinking yellow light. Yeah. And I mean, that's all it would pretty much take. Like, it doesn't need... Well, then you go and look it up. What does that light mean? Right. Yeah. Do you remember Michael Crichton's Airframe? I don't think I read that one. So that's like the exact opposite of all this, where it's about like a pilot who lets his kid fly the plane for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. they, they override the computer and down the plane. And it's like the whole giant process of like all the black box reconstruction. I believe it was based on like a real event or whatever, where it was like... And then like the... At the conclusion of, they were like, and how do you, how would this plane not crash? And they're like, you just let go of the wheel. And then the computer will be like, whoopity whoop. And like, whatever. It's like, you're like fighting the stick to do the wrong thing. And the computer could correct it. But I mean, like that was in the 80s or whatever. That's how far aviation had come. So it's like, I imagine you're now like 35, 40 years or so of the computers knowing what to do. So this is like, every pilot on the planet is going to trust the computer. Mm -hmm. Like that's the correct safest thing to do because computer error happens less frequently than human error in all of these in all of these different like airplane crashes and stuff so like the pilots are why would they shut off the computer you know what i mean like because the nose is freaking bouncing up and down i get it (laughs) but i'm just saying but it's like almost not say every single time but most airplane crashes the last like 20 30 years are human error Mm -hmm. like it's very rarely that it's mechanical error that puts these things down so it's like why would you as a skilled pilot assume the computer is trying to kill you you know like i mean it, it until it's trying to kill you until it's trying to kill you yeah. i mean like that's what are you doing how yeah exactly and that, that that's i guess that's the point uh i know you wanted to talk about crimes of the grindelwald or but do we you can talk to, about it really really quickly or do you want to talk about it in depth and next next week no, I, have, no, I don't want to talk but about i have it so many depth. questions all right fine tune what? in next episode <laughs> <laughs> where I'm going to try to answer for Fantastic Beasts 2. Fantastic Beasts 2 and where to find them. The crimes of the Grindemort. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is 90s. 81.
Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. <laughs> 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.